Hello, hey, and welcome to Ask the Color Expert. My name is Elaine Travis. I am a career hair colorist, independent educator, and author of the book, A Colorful Journey. I'm here every week sharing tips, tricks, and stories that are all things hair color. Thanks for joining me, and let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Today's special guest is from Scotland. Her name is Samantha Blues, and she is an amazing hair color educator and does exactly what I do, um, focusing on virtual, on being able to reach as many hairstylists anywhere in the world and not just in-person education, and we connect it through social media. Gotta love social media, bringing friends together from different countries. Yeah. So welcome, Samantha. I'm so excited that you're here today and thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to be here. Thank you for having me, Elaine. I've been really excited about this all day. I'm excited too. And and I hope that um, I've gotten used to your accent and I can understand you perfectly well, but it's such a strong accent for for some people listening that, uh, you know, maybe talk a little slower than you normally do. Try. Yes, <laughs> I will try. I will slow it down slightly. Yeah. I love what you're doing on social media. I love that you're embracing reels and all the fun things. I have not gone there yet. I just, I can't take myself seriously doing them. I feel like, oh my gosh, this is so not me. However, Instagram is basically punishing people like me that aren't jumping onto the reels bandwagon yeah. because they want to compete with TikTok. So good for you for jumping right in. And they've been fun. You've been very creative. Your husband makes his cameo appearances. And I love that, that you have fun together, but let's talk about that. Like you and I are not in our twenties. We're not, we didn't grow up with phones in our hands and this is no. all new territory and super, um, uncomfortable for lack of a better word it just doesn't come easy so what would you say to say a colorist who's trying to build their business and trying to utilize social media what advice would you give to them to try and make it a little bit more comfortable and easier yeah I would say that it is actually it's overwhelming and if people say it's not overwhelming then they're talking absolute nonsense it took me quite a while to actually get into it because I would have picked up social media and and posted for a couple of months and then got fed up and put it back down again and because as you said before we're not used to having phones in our hand and I find myself excusing myself all the time when I'm sitting with my phone and I will say I am working you do realize I am working I'm not just sitting here scrolling through my phone um but you've just got to do it that's all I can say uh, I spend oh, the other day I was on my phone for about three hours just going through all the reels pages and trying to work out what would work for what I wanted to do and, and the message that I wanted to get across so it does take time and there's no getting away from it but once you get into it and put a plan together it, it it's easier it's definitely easier so just go for it just do it lose your inhibitions and 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 don't care and don't take yourself so seriously have you gotten clients to find you from your social media or is it more students that need hair color education I would say I have two accounts 
and that's that's harder to work i've got one account that i use oh. for the salon that is mainly hair and me doing hair and the education one is the one that's a little bit more fun a little bit more tongue um, tongue in cheek and I have that the followers on that one has grown quicker than the one on the salon so yeah I, I find it's okay people saying that you can grow your business and you can because it is like your shop front but getting bums on seats for the salon I find is very difficult through social media. I agree. I, I literally, I've been doing hair for 35 years. I've owned a salon for 32. I've never, um, said, Oh, I don't need social media. We're so fabulous. We, you know, we have all word of mouth, but that really is the way that we get clients is recommendations from current clients if I, at my age, had to depend on social media, I think I would have nobody. Well, I would have nobody because when I moved to Florida, here I am with 35 years experience. I have like, my book was, I was booked months in advance, you know, waiting list, great, great business in Pennsylvania. I picked up and moved to Florida and I rented a suite and I thought this is going to be tough and there's going to be a lot of months that I'm going to be paying rent and have nothing going on, but I have to start somewhere. Yeah. And I did it and I was like, thank God the hair that I was doing was for my online education. It wasn't my, int my intent was not to build a book of business, but I love doing hair. So I thought if I have a handful of clients that are on a routine schedule of gray coverage and highlights, that'll be a nice bread and butter, pay the bills, pay for the suite. And then I can do all of my education filming in there. And it was so tough because I didn't know a single person here. So it wasn't like, oh, this person got their hair done. They can recommend it to that person. I didn't know anyone. And yet the girl that does my hair moved to Sarasota a year ago. She had a wait list before she walked into her suite because she finessed social media so well and used the right hashtags and put before and afters. She had people waiting for her and couldn't wait to see her and didn't even know her. Yeah. So I'm definitely not doing something right as far as getting clients in the chair from it. There's, there's something missing and it's exhausting. I think you'll agree with how many changes there are. You know, at first I finally mastered Facebook. I was like, oh my gosh, I have thousands of people that follow me on Facebook. This is great. I understand it. I know to be consistent. I know to do this, this, and this. And then it was, well, that everybody's leaving Facebook and going to Instagram. And then I go to Instagram and I finally figured out you know, do, do you remember when you did a post and you did the words and then you did dot, 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 and then did the hashtags and the dot, yeah. dot, dot did something. I finally got that down pat. Then that no longer worked. Then it was use less hashtags. Now it's, you can't use the same hashtags more than a couple of times. And if the hashtag isn't directly relevant to the post, Instagram hides it. I don't think any hairdressers that aren't doing what you and I are doing understand how it works and we're exhausting ourselves doing all the wrong things yeah. and spending all this time doing it, yeah. not getting the results when all we have to do is make an ass out of ourselves on a, on a TikTok video and we'll have thousands of people exactly. find exactly. us. It's yeah. crazy. I do know two people that have built their business through um, Instagram, but in saying that they were working elsewhere and built up like you were saying about the girl that had moved but it did take them a couple of years it wasn't it wasn't an instant thing it did take them a while um 
and I just find it all too too much you know Facebook's more of my thing and I, I do my Instagram stuff but I find that most of my interaction comes from Facebook and that's where I spend most of my time um but yeah it's exhausting now do you think the reason that we both do better on Facebook than Instagram is our age I think so I, I think do so. too like I'll yeah. do a live I go live every Wednesday and do my coffee chat and sometimes I'll just wake up with an idea in my head of like why not and I'll prop up my um selfie stick on my desk and I'll have Instagram on my phone and Facebook on my computer. And I try to look where I don't look cross-eyed in one and, and not yeah, in the yeah. other. Um, but I, tr- I experiment. I'm like, I'm going to go live in Instagram and live in Facebook. Instagram, I'll get maybe seven people on their live and Facebook, I'll get 700. Like it's that far off the difference. So yeah. that discourages me. But then I also think it's like a diet, right? You know, when I'm on a diet and I have a really clean, healthy day and I'm feeling good about myself the next day, I'm like, oh, I'm definitely getting that coffee with whipped cream because I was so good yesterday. Like it's like a reward for being good and it completely does away with anything that you did good the day before. And the donut to go with it, yeah. Yeah, so now I feel like I'm doing that with Instagram that maybe I'm feeling so discouraged that I'm not giving it the time that it needs to reset my algorithm to show them that I am giving them more time. Something interesting, I interviewed um, someone the other day for this podcast who's super popular on YouTube. And I said, I would love to pick your brain because I'm starting to pick up some traction on YouTube and I don't, I really don't know what I'm doing. Like I'm not being intentional about it at all. Yeah. So what I was doing is recording my Facebook live, my coffee chat, uploading that video into YouTube and then sharing it on YouTube. And he had a good point. He said, you know, Elaine, every platform wants to be the platform that has your original content. So he's like, if you're recording it on Facebook and then uploading it onto YouTube, YouTube's not looking at that as their content. They're looking at it like you're just resharing it. So he said, try flipping it where you do your live on YouTube and then upload that onto Facebook. So that's what I'm going to do this week. I'll let you know how that goes to see if there's a difference. Um, Because I think tutorial wise, I think hairdressers, especially 30 and under, they do everything. Like my son, I had a problem with my computer yesterday and I tried everything and it would not fix it. And he jumped on a Zoom with me like we are right now and we could see each other. He could take over my screen, which is amazing. He's in Tampa. We're like 40 minutes away. So he's looking at me and taking over my screen. And he went on his phone and went on YouTube and typed in the problem and up came a video and he fixed it in five minutes. So they look at YouTube the way you and I used to go to the library, go to the card catalog, take out the number, find the book, take it out of the library, bring it home, read the whole book to find out the answer. So it's more of a resource um, that you and I have to take advantage of more. I would absolutely agree with that because, well, you know, my Gary, he's, he works in the salon and and is a medic. He used to be a medic in the army and he fitted our whole bathroom shower and the plumbing, the lot through YouTube. Wow. You know, so yeah, I totally agree with that. YouTube, everybody YouTubes everything now. So yeah. 
That's awesome. Now, are you doing YouTube right now or have you not started that yet? We have the channel and I've been doing the same as what you were, anything that I've been doing and uploading it onto it. Um, but I agree with what he had said about that because somebody told me the same about Facebook. Um, if you're going live and Facebook see that you're going live on their platform, then the algorithms pushed up more mm -hmm. so each platform wants their own thing don't they so it's almost like we have to do it three different times live to make it yeah. the, the ultimate um push out to other people yeah. i mean i don't how do you feel about the audience that you're attracting for me i set out seven years ago i was having that feeling in the salon of this is not this is no longer enough mm -hmm. you know i told you i was already you know, so booked and I loved my clients, but it became too easy. There was no challenge. And yeah. I noticed when I had a new hire and I could pour myself into them and guide them and mentor them, it lit me up. Like it made me feel so good that I was becoming part of their career and helping them skip over all the hardship that I had to go through the bumps and bruises of the school of hard knocks. The education that you and I provide was not available to us. Yeah. So for me, I had this burning desire to get that. I call them my baby newborn deers with the shaky little legs. I want them fresh out of beauty school where they're like bright eyed and anxious and they want to drink it all in, but they don't know where to go to find the information. That is not who is joining my education. What I'm getting is the newborn deer is like, you know, 20 years in starting to, it's starting to be the arthritic deer. <laughs> they're starting to have the aches and pains of, of doing hair all day. And they're still doing the kids cuts. They're still doing all the things and they really want to go all in on color, but they never had that strong foundation to set them up for success. So my comments and testimonials are, where were you when I finished school? So it's mm -hmm. really frustrating for me that I'm not relating to that 20, 20 year old newbie because of my age. You know, because they're like, oh, well, I don't want to hear from this lady. She's old. They think it's like old school color. But you and I know that old it's school cool. color is fundamentals. It's never yeah. going to change. It's the law yeah. of the universe of science. So have you found that to be the case with you too? Or have you gotten yeah. some newbies? I have found that um, my um, group are older. Um, it's difficult over here because in the UK... And I have seen this, they always say the teacher learns more and that is so true. But I, as I've researched all of this and got deeper and deeper and the theory side of color, um, what I was taught, I, I, I looked my old book out the other day and in that manual, that is mm, 800 pages in the manual and it's a hairdressing manual on how to cut hair, blah, blah, blah. And there was 10 pages for the color section. Yeah. Me too. 10 pages. Now, when I think about it, I would say what we do when we come out of school is we wing it and we just pray to the hair gods and we just hope for the best. We get great results and we don't know why and we get crap results and we don't know why. Um, whereas the education that I have now is unbelievable, but the young ones are going to get to that level where they, they want to know more or they're not going to be able to grow. Um, whereas the older people, they're shocked because they'll be like that, wait a minute, 
I don't understand that. And how come? And they, I think they're the ones that have got the, the brass neck to go, no, stop, wait a minute. Whereas the younger ones are still, they've came out and they've qualified and they think they're the be all and end all and they just want this great career in hairdressing. Whereas they, and they won't ask because they don't want to be seen to not understand or not know. Mm-hmm. Whereas the older people like us will say, no, wait a minute, how come you got that result? How did that happen? And I feel that's where mine's is now. And I'm loving it because it tests me beyond means. It's amazing. Because you want to be prepared to answer any question yeah. that comes your yeah. way. Uh-huh. I noticed too that, you know, I'm not going to say that balayage isn't beautiful and fabulous. And for me, it recharged me after years of doing highlights, highlights, highlights with foil, the same yeah. thing, same, it was like Groundhog Day. So learning balayage really pushed me out of my comfort zone. It was probably about nine years ago that I first became interested in it and it was not what it is today. Like nobody talked about it. There was maybe three people in hair doing balayage. It was like Nancy Braun. Um, there's a girl out in California that does um, classes for L'Oreal. I can't think of her name right now. Uh, B- Bianca somebody. Oh, um, she yes, does the cotton, there's cotton yeah. things. Um, and there was like two, three people and it was like this mystery, like Jessica Biel had it and, you know, Drew Barrymore, like the stars were starting to get it more like, how did they get the hair so disconnected without lines and all of that? And it was so uncomfortable for me. And I came back to the salon and I started to do it, but I did what everybody does where you have a new toy and you want to use it with everyone. So my yeah. blonde RXX that want the blonde coming out of their skull, I was trying to do it on them. And I had to do redo after redo. And I was like, well, this isn't working. I'm going back to my foils. So I think now, now that it is so mainstream and now what bothers me, I don't know if it bothers you, is everybody's calling everything balayage. You know, they're using all foil on the whole head and calling it balayage. I'm like, that's not balayage. So I think the younger people want the, the trick pony, the like fun flashy thing they can put on their Instagram but where I'm concerned is they don't really understand levels of lift, um, what cancels what in toning, background color, bases, all of those things. And then they're turning to social media to their peers where their peers are in the same boat, just mixing and guessing. And they're getting all these opinions and all these recipes. And then they're like, oh, I have to write that down. Oh, can you, can you send that to me? I have to copy that. I have to write that down. And I'm like, no, there is no recipe. If I put your color that you have on your hair on my hair, I'm going to look completely different. Your hair is thicker than mine. It's curlier than mine. It's the texture is completely different. Your water in Scotland is completely different than my water in Florida. So that's what concerns me is there's still spend $1,500 for a one day look and learn three hour class in person to sit and watch somebody balayage and they're going to get their hands in the hair and then you and I will do something for say 197 where it's like module after module and video after video. And we're taking the time to actually teach them. And they're like, oh, that's a lot. That's a lot of money for something yeah. that's, you know, on my computer. I'm just like, oh, I hope it turns yeah. around. <laughs> it drives me absolutely nuts as well. Because if you do understand the, the, the why 
and why it happens, then you can be more creative, can't you? Whereas if you don't understand the why and you go on these courses that teach you how to do the balayage or how to do the foliage or whatever, mix the two of them together, then you're copying that technique. But if you use the technique and use the underlying knowledge, then you can create your own stuff and be more creative. And I think that's that's the whole point behind it. And there's not a lot of people understanding because they want the recipe and the formula and they want to know how to do the technique, but then they can't understand why it hasn't worked out the same as the Instagram picture. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I see so many times, have, have you had the experience where you and I teach because we care and we want to pay it forward and we went through what the person's going through. So yeah. there's true love and passion and it comes from a place of caring and wanting to share. And I never make anyone feel bad about any question or circumstance. And I'm, I find myself being so careful answering these Facebook questions. And then it's like the attack of the people who gave them the recipe, the people gave them the bad information. And I don't say anything negative about the bad. I just say, in my opinion, you know, the reason that this went wrong was because like today, this girl said, I have a level seven cool based client who has level 10 highlights and wanted to go back to her natural. I used 7N and 20 volume roots to ends and it turned green. What can I do? She wanted to know what can she do? She didn't ask why did it go green? To yeah. me, the first question I want to do is why did that happen? So I don't do it again. Yeah. So every single answer was bleach bath, bleach bath, bleach bath. That drives me crazy too. I'm like, you don't want to put bleach all over someone's head. Like that should have been a much simpler fix in my opinion than putting bleach on it. So yeah. I think people panic and they see these quick fix ideas when there's vivids that went from purple to green and they can't get past the green and the blue and all that stuff. That's a whole different circumstance. So people are taking it like, almost like a recipe for um, bone broth soup and trying to make pumpkin pie. You know what I mean? Like they're taking it completely out of context and going, oh, I saw on this other thing, do a bleach bath that gets rid of everything. Well, what about that level seven natural when you do that bleach bath? You're going to now create a bigger correction because you were in a reactive mode and you're not walking through the steps in your mind. My my thing that I always lead with in a corrective color class is I would rather you take 20 minutes on the consultation and turn that client away and have them come back another day than spend two minutes on the consultation, spend an hour coloring in their hair, and then have to have them come back another day to completely fix what you just screwed yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And when you're thinking about something like that, they're not taking everything into consideration. You need to take the texture of the hair into the consideration because you need to understand fine hair has a small amount of pigment in it because you can only fit so much into fine hair, whereas um, coarse hair has got so much more in it. And uh, when you're trying to neutralize that, you need to add more of your mixed tone because you're dealing with coarse hair. And so how I'm, I'm the same as you when I look on these I've only started to just answer some things on them because I, I felt that all I wanted to keep saying is but where did you start but where did you start what did you have you, you know and I thought this is just going to be repetitive and then I was worried about the backlash from it as well so now I will answer it diplomatically and always say 
and in my opinion yeah in my opinion this is what I think yeah something else I started to do was I I would love to help answer your question privately if you if you're interested I would love to you know help you privately through the DM because I'm like I'm going to talk to the person who's having the problem I'm not going to fight with the 42 people that gave her an improper recipe it's that's not what I'm about and I'm not I think people think because you and I are educators and we charge for education that when we answer, we're trying to poach somebody to have them buy one of our products. That's never my intention. My intention is letting them know that there is an easier way and a better way of getting that result if you just are open to getting education, not opinions. Stop getting opinions and get education, true education. And at that point, I feel sometimes the fear factor has came in and that's where everybody's just like, right, I'm just going to chuck everything on it and everything into it um, and keep my fingers crossed, pray to the hear gods and hope for the best rather than being rational about it. We've all been there. I've been there at the backwash space and you know, you like that. That's um, the perfect segue for my next question. Yeah. What is the worst oops you've ever had happen to you as a colorist as a colorist um oh let me think about that do you know what i i can't actually think offhand because i think the knowledge is there that i can fix things um that there isn't any panic on a reverse i had a client that um our favorite color was bright yellow and she wanted to be bright yellow like what I have on my ends. Um, and she had been waiting for this forever. Um, and I gave it to her, but it was in a highlighted forum and then it was a crazy color put right over the top of it. And she loved it, but then didn't have the confidence to wear it, which was my fault because I didn't notice that. Um, didn't have the confidence to wear it and wanted me to make her blonde. And because I felt it had been my fault because I hadn't dug deep enough with her, um, I wanted to fix it for her and I wanted to make her blonde, knowing fine well that she should have waited. I tried to do that and I ended up spending about eight hours trying to fix it. Yeah, Mm. so I should have said, what we'll do is this and we'll do it in stages and we'll get there and blah, blah, blah. But I didn't, I felt, I panicked a bit, wanted to fix it, wanted to send it out blonde and it took me forever to get there. So yeah, that was the worst. My worst one was, I was probably maybe six, seven years into, I had my own salon and I was, I was kind of known for color, but it was more gray coverage highlights, gray coverage highlights. So this one client you know, like they all do, she got closer and closer and closer with her highlights and she was starting to get that telltale line down her part. And she was like, let's just lighten the whole thing. So I used high lift color from Matrix. It was, I remember it exactly. It was UL, ULAA. It was double ash ultra lift with 40 volume developer. And she was probably like a level six Um, so everything turned out beautiful everywhere, except around her face, grab the blue pigment and it was like Smurf blue. So she's laying back at the sink and I'm, and I'm so proud of all this because I had only hit the water back here and I could see it wasn't orange. It wasn't yellow. I was like, oh my gosh, I am a genius. So I'm washing it. And then I hit the hairline and it's blue and she's looking up at me and it's late. You know, I did a lot of evening appointments and she's like, 
I said, oh boy. And she's like, what, what's wrong? I was like, um, your hair, your hairline's a little blue. And she's like, ah, you're an asshole. She thought I was trying to be funny. And I was yeah. like, no, really it's blue. But to your point, because I had the knowledge and the foundation, yeah, I screwed up. I'd never expected her hairline to grab the blue that much. It's, it's always yeah. that fine hair. Now I know, be very careful with the hairline. Um, but at the time, that's the first time I ever did a global lightning application like that. And I said, she's like, why are you so calm? I said, because I know what to do. And I yeah. went in the dispensary and I, I brought out uh, 09 AA from Shades EQ. It's orange, pale orange, because it was pale blue at least. Yeah. And I just put it around her hairline for like five minutes and the blue was gone and she loved it. So yeah. it's knowing, you know, we still have our freak outs. We still have our moments when mm. the hair won't lift or there's something underneath what lies beneath that we didn't know about. We all have surprises but the, the calm of, I get it. I know exactly what to do. I have the supplies to know yeah. what to do. I can't yep. tell you how many of my people in my membership, they'll ask me a question and I'm like, oh, easy peasy. And I give them exactly the formula and they're like, well, I have, I'll say to use, you know, 09AA and clear. And they'll say, well, I don't have that. Can I use 8WG? I'm like, no. WG is not orange. Like yeah. orange is orange. Like there's only one 09 AA is the only one thing is like it. So people trying to substitute for something, get it close. No, the color wheel doesn't work that way. If you're canceling oh. orange, you need blue. You don't need violet enough with the purple shampoo on the orange hair. Yeah. It's never going to come. The, pur the purple is never going to take care of the orange ever in life. Never. <laughs> and, and as you said, being able to fix it rather than, and I've heard this many times before, I'll just give it a couple of shampoos and mm -hmm. it'll be all right. You know, but please leave. I have, an, I have another client and I'm in the weeds <laughs> yes. and I'm sweating. <laughs> exactly. But that is, that is the hardest part. And Gary's always on my case because my stock order is horrendous, but I, I need to have everything. Yeah. everything there that will cover every avenue and every scenario yeah because you do you absolutely need it don't you what is your like i cannot live without and when i only have a half a tube of it i freak out thing yeah. like it doesn't have to be a, a, an actual tube of color but like a tool what's your like how can anybody do hair without this um what's my favorite tools up like my foil machine is my absolute favorite thing ever so you cut it according to the length it's actually the pro one and you just type in how many folds you want at the top what width you want what length you want press how many you want and it just does it for you now everyone Best listening thing. to this is going to reach out to me and say what is it called so how do it, they get pro, one pro care pro care, pro care. yeah pro care um and it's just it's the best thing i would I would if I was going anywhere, I would take it with me for sure. And do they supply the rolls of foil or do you get them from a different? Yeah, brand? yeah, they supply the rolls of foil and you can just like, once it's empty, you can just pre-order it again and just top up the dispenser. Yeah. Nice. So do you prep ahead of time and, and cut a bunch of them for your client or do you actually do it as you're foiling? Um, I, once I have done the consultation, I have a look and see where I want to go with it. Um, and then I just have them printing out um, and they're getting the machines prepping them for me. So you while, actually don't um, even have to do this like a stapler. You just push a button and it does no, it for you. You just, it, it's yeah, I don't know about that. Sections. I've never seen that. That's amazing. 
oh it is the best it's actually gary's best thing because he used to be my foil cutter yeah and he, he fired himself job. <laughs> yeah so he's been he was after it for a long time and um every time we went to salon international in london where all the exhibitions were um he's like can we get that machine i'm like no don't need it you're there that'll do but eventually i gave in and yeah it's the best thing and you run out of foil you can just hit another 10 and it just does it for you it's so wow. easy now can people in the u.s get one online or is it something that's only available over there I, i'm not 100 sure procare is a uk company um but i don't know if that you would be able to get them on oh gary's came in and gave me the thumbs up so yeah i think um you can get them in america it's salons direct this they, they support them um but i think pro care is the that's the actual name of the company so you should be able to get them in america yeah now have you ever been over here to any of our hair shows i'm always curious to hear if salon international is you know when you live in the u.s you think oh england it's so cool to say that you went to a hair show in England and it's always been on my bucket list, but of course it's a long flight. It's an expensive trip yeah. and I have nothing to compare it. Like I've been to every single hair show in the US. So do you think that it's di different products, different things to a show in the US or do you think it's just the London version of, you know, IBS New York or one of the bigger shows here? It probably is the same version. Years ago, it was known all across the world and people would come from all over. And on a Saturday tended to kind of be all the salon owners and managers that were going around looking for new equipment, new chairs, mirrors, furniture, whatever. And then on the Sunday, it was all the hair shows and Monday was student day. Um, but it's amazing. It's, um, I go every year. I just absolutely love it. I may be doing some stage work at it this year. Um, but yeah, I, I would probably say that it's the same as what there is in America. Well, if I've you're teaching on the stage, America. I think I have to be there. When is it? Is no. it September? It's October. October? What are the dates? Please don't October. tell me it's during my revival. <sighs> 16th, 17th, and 18th. Uh, what's the exact the date? Same? Oh, that would have been awesome. Exact oh, dates yeah. of revival, but why don't we plan for me to meet you there next year? Because yeah. I really do want to do that, and I do want to meet you in person. Um, yeah. I think that would be so fun. Um, and hopefully next year you can do revival with us, and it won't be the same dates. So I'll have to work around the dates of the uh, the London show because Premiere Orlando is here in Florida. So now that I live in Florida, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to teach that show. It's my favorite show. And they reached out and asked me if I was coming back. And I said, oh, absolutely. And then they sent me the contract and it was the exact dates of my revival. And I already lined up all of my educators. Everybody saved the date. I'm like, I can't change the date now. I'll lose half of my you know, roster of educators because they have so many other things going on. And I told them to save the date basically a year in advance. So I'm really bummed about that because there's nothing like being on stage at a show to connect with people in person. I love... The virtual education but being in person and seeing the light bulb moments and interacting and getting the hug afterwards and the pictures afterwards and all that is so fun it's all about the environment isn't it it's all yeah. about the, the the buzz of it and when it's so busy and there's different things happening at different stages and yeah yeah i try and not do 
um, anything trying to get around stands or stalls or anything like that on the Sunday it's the busiest day so I plan out Gary laughs at me because I go in and I look at the map I work out who's on where and I just go from stage to stage to stage and just watch hair all day and I'm in my glory it's great fun I do the same thing and I, and I really wish that they would revamp I, t- I spoke with um, the people from the Chicago beauty show and I was like can we do things just a little differently and put a lot more focus on the education and not the flea market vibe of you know the feathers in the hair and the glitter and the big pins with the scissors and all that it's like there's a place for that and it should be in a different area and the education should be the main focus and the tchotchkes and the thing should be like a an extra thing, you know, almost like yeah. a side, a side thing. And that's, that's unfortunately what has happened. To a lot of our shows, I hope it doesn't happen to, to your show, but, and I get it. I get that they have to pay for the space and then it's expensive and all of that, but education is the absolute key to success. Um, I can't, you know, emphasize that enough with any new hires in our salon. I'm like, you have to constantly be growing and learning because things change so rapidly and you want, if a client hands you that Pinterest picture, you want to be able to do what she has in the photograph without even hesitating. You have to be able to break it down and really think through step-by-step to your point, the why leads to the how, you know, why does the hair get brighter on the tips and underneath here? Like what was that placement dissecting the placement and, and how it happened it gives you so much more confidence moving forward when you see how simple it is instead of guessing and struggling through it all the time. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that one. So your approach is, I love that you get into um, some more of the chemistry. I love the name of your program, the, the CSI, Color Science Investigation. I love how I use the theme music from that show and it's clever and it's it's interesting and it's factual but you're never boring so for someone I don't go heavy into chemistry um so when I have people in my membership I always love to have someone to refer them to for more of the nuts and bolts of the the chemistry of it so people listening to the podcast first of all they're going to want your foil machine and they're going to want more of you so tell people how they can find you and get in touch with you for your education Gary's just handed me, it's E-Mesh, the original, which is the exact same. That's the one that you get in America. That's E-mesh. the one that you can get the ProCare machine, E-Mesh. Okay, awesome. I'll put that in the show notes and then tell people how to find you. Yeah, Mesh Direct. There we go. Right, so um, Ask me that again. Sorry, Elaine. Gary was showing me the mesh direct thing. So that's your that's your Vanna White. He's seeing he's your assistant coming from the sidelines. I love exactly. it. Exactly. He's just <laughs> now shut the door behind him. <laughs> I love it. Um, how can people get in touch with you to find out more about your education? Like where are you going live? What's your yeah. Instagram? Tell people how to find you. Well, it's mainly on Instagram at the moment um, because the course is not quite ready yet. It's taken me a little bit longer to write the course because I'm dyslexic and I've found um, like the science thing, the reading and the, the depth of the science really difficult. So I wanted to make it fun and easy 
for people to digest and understand. So that's what's taken me that little bit longer. We're going along more of a visual cartoon idea um, to make it more of a light bulb moment. And I wanted to keep it real. Um, so the captions are more of what would happen in my head if situations ar arose. Um, so it's not quite there, but I have a few bits and bobs um, that you can get on the link in Instagram, which is Samantha Blue's Colour Education. Um, if you pop on that and in the bio, there's a link that will take you to the website that is under construction. So it's not completely there yet. And there is a few things um, there that they can have a look at. And then how about the podcast? The podcast, you can get to it through the Instagram as well. Okay. And what's the podcast called? Same thing? Um, the podcast is CSI, CSI. Color Science Investigation. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you for taking this time. And so uh, we, have, we have to talk about making that date. I want to put that on our calendar for a bucket list for the international show. And I'm, I would love to watch you teach. So hopefully you'll be teaching that year. Maybe, maybe we can do a duo. We can teach together. That would be awesome. That would be fun. Fabulous. Yeah. Awesome. So let's stay in touch. And thank you so much for doing the interview. And I love introducing you to my audience. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great day and be sure to look up Samantha's Instagram and stay in touch with her. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a review. For more information on hair color education, please visit my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com. See you soon.